Oh, come on. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Happy New Year. It's good to see all of you this morning. And uh, we are going to worship the Lord. We've got uh, we, my phone started dinging at 6 o'clock this morning with people that were sick. Amen. Uh, but look at y'all. You need to say, thank you, Lord. I'm not sick this morning. Amen. And uh, let's, uh, let's get up and worship the Lord. Uh, we're going to start uh, a minute early.
great song. There is joy in the house of the Lord. Now, you cannot sing there's joy in the house of the Lord and be frowning at me, all right? So everybody smile at me. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's sing it together. Here we go.
greet one another in the Lord. Put that smile back on your face that you had just a second ago. Turn to somebody else and say, it sure is good to see you this morning. Amen. Let's fellowship for a little bit, and then we're going to continue to worship. start to make your way back to your seat and you can be seated if you would we've got just a few announcements this morning amen god is good all the time god is good god is good and all the time that's right amen well it's so good to see you here this morning first uh, things first if you are a guest today for the first time uh, right here at the beginning of the new year. We are so happy you're here. Brother Gary has some uh, visitor's cards. We won't embarrass you. We just want you to fill that out and put it in the offering basket at the end of the service. Anybody first-time visitor uh, today? Anybody? Anybody? All home folk. All right. Well, here we are at the beginning of the year, and my first assignment to you is go out and bring somebody in with you, amen, for 2022, amen. We were just talking in our office as we prayed that, you know, one of the things for the new year is that uh, we should all just say, Lord, help us to be soul winners. Help us to be uh, bolder in our witness. God, help us to go out and bring people in. Amen. And so uh, my, my homework assignment to you uh, for 2022 is go out, tell somebody about the Lord, bring somebody to church. Uh, if, you, uh, if you just say, I'm not confident in sharing the Lord, get them here. Amen. Uh, I, can, I can guarantee you I will share the gospel with them. Amen. And uh, we will hopefully see people, we want to see many people saved in 2022. Amen. And so uh, just uh, do that. Uh, hey, uh, we've enjoyed the holidays. I hope that you all had a wonderful Christmas and a wonderful New Year's. Uh, but we're going to get back to business. Amen. So this Wednesday night, uh, we took a couple Wednesday nights off during the holidays. But everything's going to kick back in this Wednesday. So we will start back. We have a Wednesday morning Bible study uh, from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on Wednesdays. Please come, if you would, on that. We are uh, just working our way. We just do a chapter uh, out of the Gospels uh, every, uh, every week. And then on Wednesday night, uh, we do a full dinner at 6 o'clock. Uh, you don't even have to go home and cook. I mean, you can come here, and uh, Miss Mary fixes a great dinner on Wednesday night. And it's uh, at 6 p.m., and then at 7 p.m., we have uh, something for all ages. Uh, Brother Martin and the youth, they meet in here, and they usually have 20, 25 uh, young people in here and uh, have a great service in here. The kids meet in the middle, and then uh, the adults, we meet in the fellowship hall. So we are so excited uh, to get started for 2022. Uh, get it started on the right track. Come on Wednesday night. If you hadn't been doing that in 2021, now's a great time to start uh, for 2022. Uh, we also have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for all ages. So come an hour early, get out of bed, crawl out of that bed an hour earlier, and get here 
for Bible study. And uh, listen, we were able to help several families during Christmas. That's part of what the church is here for, to meet people's needs. Uh, but we still have a need. Uh, I think I told you we're, we're still trying to find a, uh, a car for a family that needs to come, uh, a family that joined not too long ago, and they are needing a car uh, to get to work and to get to church. And so uh, it doesn't have to be a free car, but it needs to be somewhat affordable. So if you uh, can help with a car that runs, that they can use to get to work, uh, they're able to pay some, uh, just not a, a, a big amount. So if you can help me uh, with that, just see me after that. And then uh, we're going to start things off uh, with a men's fellowship in January. We're going to do a men's fellowship on Saturday, January 22nd. We're going to meet here at the church and uh, do another breakfast. We're going to do it a little bit later because some of them couldn't get out of the bed uh, as early as we did last time. So I'm going to bump it. We're going to call it a brunch this time. Amen. We're going to bump it to about 10 a.m. and we'll do a full brunch. Uh, maybe some of y'all can crawl out of bed uh, by 10 a.m. Amen. <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Amen. So uh, January 22nd, put that on your calendar if you would. Okay. Hey, let's stand and we're going to continue to worship one of my favorite new songs that the Lord turns graves into gardens, amen? And so uh, let's sing that together if we could.
this morning that we need you. Lord, we need you every single second of every day. And need thee every hour, every minute, every second. Father, we ask you to come. Fill our hearts, fill our spirits. God, none of this means anything if your Holy Spirit doesn't come and visit us here in this place. So we beg and we plead of you, Holy Spirit, come. Fill this place. Fill every heart that's in this place, Lord. We need you. We need you. Father, we tell you. We cry out to you. We need you, Father. We need you.
time together as a body, Lord, that you were honored and you were lifted high this morning. Your children love you, and we just thank you for allowing us to be here today, first day of 2022, God, that we want to worship you. All, we surrender everything to you, Father, this morning, and we ask that you would just make each of us that know you and that live within us. Give us that burning to desire to go out and tell people about your precious gift. That you love them where they are. The mess that we are, you still love us, God. We just ask that you do a work in us. Lord, I just pray for those that couldn't be here, Father. A lot of our family couldn't be here today for illness and just lots of things going on circumstances that are keeping them from being here we ask Lord that you would just have your hand on them heal them God you are the great physician heal them so that they can be back with us Lord now let your word just speak to our hearts Lord that we can just honor you more and that we can just let you fill us we are empty vessels Lord that want to be filled with you God just ask that your presence would continue to be here we ask this in your name may be seated. If you have children for Children's Church, Miss Gail is uh, and uh, Miss Ginger doing Children's Church this morning, so you kids can go with her. And uh, please continue to pray for Miss Cindy. Miss Cindy's getting over sickness, but she is uh, getting better, but still not 100%. Amen. Give these good-looking kids and the workers a hand, if you would. And uh, I did forget just a couple of things. We are needing some help. Now, let me preface this by saying you were called to serve, not sit. So when I say I need help, I ain't talking to the person sitting next to you. I'm talking to you because we were all called to serve, not sit. Uh, there's no sitting on the bench on God's team. All right. So uh, we need some help uh, in the cleaning department. We have a, a group of uh, folks that help clean the church every week, it saves us money from having to hire a cleaner full-time, and we've got some that have been sick, some that are older. Uh, let me preface this. Uh, if you are going to volunteer, you need to be 65 or younger. <laughs> now, I'm not calling you out. I'm just saying uh, we need younger people to do this. this, this uh, cleaning this church, it may not seem like much, but uh, this is a lot to clean from top to bottom. So we need folks to help clean. Uh, we uh, had enough folks on the teams that it would only be once a month, uh, but we've had a couple spots come open, some folks just uh, physically not able to do it or, uh, or just uh, sickness and different things. So we need at least a couple of people to fill some spots on the cleaning team. You can see Miss Kate Johnson. Kate, raise your hand. See Miss uh, Kate, or you can come see me if you can't find her, and we will get you set up. And then I would love somebody, we, we are having so many people with just different issues, obviously sickness. My phone started dinging at 6 this morning with people that were sick. I'm not going to be able to be there. I hate missing the first Sunday of the year. Uh, so we definitely need to pray for just lots of sickness going around. This cold weather is not going to help any of that. And so just upper respiratory effect, uh, infections, COVID, bronchitis, all kinds of things. So continue to pray. 
but we also have some people with car issues and just not being able to get here. We have some, uh, some young people and some children that would come if we picked them up. I would love Miss, Miss Cheryl runs the bus and the, uh, the van on Wednesday nights, but uh, we need somebody to run it on Sunday morning. We'd have some folks that could come and uh, we could pick up, and so if somebody would be free uh, to go and drive that van and pick some folks up on, uh, on Sunday mornings. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, let, uh, let me go, go over your driving record, amen? I will need to go over that driving record with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, the insurance is high enough. I'll just put it that way, all right? So, uh, but if you can if you can help with that, uh, just see me after the service. And and I do want to thank you. Listen, none of this happens without everybody pulling their weight, right? Right. Everybody needs to do their part. And you may say, "Well, I can't do this." Most people they look at the spotlight things, the preaching, the singing, and the teaching. And most people just stop right there and they think, "Well, if I can't preach or I can't sing or I can't teach, then." I can't do anything. That is so not true. Those are the spotlight positions, uh, but you've heard me say it before. If, uh, if there's a play going on and there's five people on stage, there's probably three times that many backstage making it happen. So uh, if you volunteer, come make up something. Make up a job, all right? Uh, listen, we, we do wonderful things. Uh, until we're able to start one here, uh, I help out at, uh, at Celebrate Recovery at Green Acres, lead some worship, run sound over there. Uh, and I would love for one day maybe us to be able to do that here, uh, to reach people who are struggling. Uh, because guess what? There's a whole bunch of them out there. And they're not involved in church. And they're afraid to go to church because they're afraid people are going to judge them and look at them. And so to be able to have a place to say you can come and you can work on yourself and you can work on freeing yourself of those addictions and we, nobody will judge you. It's a judgment-free zone. We need that here. But guess what that takes? That takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of volunteers. It takes a lot of people committing themselves to do it, all right? So, uh, so yeah, it, come up with something. If you're a mechanic, you can, uh, you can help us. Brother Ricky's a mechanic, and he helps us. I'm afraid sometimes he hates he got to know me because I send people to him, amen? I probably keep him busier than he wants to be, and uh, he's always helping people out, fixing their cars. and doing. Uh, your ministry is whatever God wired you to do, and it doesn't have to fit a certain mold, all right? So if you can help, we always need more help with children. And, uh, you know, you may say, well, I don't really like kids. Well, you'll get over it. Uh, sp you know, spend a little time around. Because, listen, we all need help. Somebody has to not just babysit those kids, but teach them about the love of Jesus. Amen. you got to do that young. And you got to teach them, not just babysit them, but teach them something. Grow them up in the admonition and the teaching of the Lord so that they can become godly young men and women. If you wait until they're 12 or 13, they're already nasty teenagers by then, amen? And that, you, there's, there's, it's hard to change them by then. Uh, you, you set those things early in their life. And I love that on Wednesday nights, Miss Cheryl again runs the bus, and we have so many kids that come on Wednesday night, and that's the only church they ever get. Wednesday nights is their church because that's the only time they get. Their parents don't get up to bring them. Their parents don't really care and uh, won't get them up, won't even get them ready. And so they come here, and they get the gospel, and they get to come to church on Wednesday night. I love that. 
And uh, come on Wednesday night so you can help with that. We need more help with that all the time. Uh, this place is full, and it's controlled chaos. And some Wednesdays, it's not even controlled chaos. It's just chaos. So we need, we need your help, all right? So that's enough about that. Okay. Uh, I started last week on He Will Be Called. It comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Let's look at that verse, and we're going to be on Mighty God today. It says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Can I get an amen? amen. So uh, we're going through each of these names of God, and today we're going to talk about he is a mighty God. I love that the earth testifies to who God is. Um, and you say, well, what do you mean by that? I love to go two places. In the summertime, I like to go to the beach. Now, you may say, Brother Mark, I don't want to imagine you on the beach. You don't have to imagine me on the beach, all right? But I am saying I, I love the beach. I do. I, I, and I, I equally love in the wintertime, I love to go to the mountains. And uh, those two places remind me that God testifies. Because one of the things I love to do when I go to both of those places, when I get to go to the beach, uh, we usually get a condo down at uh, uh, Gulf Shores. And it's, it's a condo that has a balcony, looks right out on the beach. And I love to get my a cup of coffee first thing in the morning. And I go sit out on that balcony and just have time with just me and God, and you're just looking in the ocean, just as far as the eye can see, and you realize how big God is, and how small I am, and it testifies, the ocean itself testifies to how mighty God is, how big he is, and how small we are, but yet God loves us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you and me, the creator of all of this. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a God who holds the whole earth in his hand? And you and I look at that ocean and go, my gosh, I can't even imagine how big the ocean is and how big God is that created all of that. And then you go to the mountains. We love to get a cabin. We usually go to Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, that area. I know Brother Buck went uh, not too long ago. We love to get a cabin in the mountains. Same thing. Go out on that back porch, and it's usually the back porch is looking out into the mountains. Drink that cup of coffee and just say, God, man, look at this. Look at how beautiful this is. And you created all this in a very short time. And you've been working on heaven for all of eternity. And I know that's going to be even more beautiful. I can't even begin to imagine or fathom how beautiful heaven must be. Uh, we sang that song this morning, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And not only because we see our loved ones who've gone on before us, but because we get to see this beautiful place that God has been creating for you and for me for all of eternity. It's amazing. Those mountains testify to God's goodness and his, uh, his uh, wonderful power. Uh, I've seen some of these. Uh, I have gotten up early enough a few times to see a sunrise. I'm not a big sunrise guy. I prefer the sunset. I'm a little more awake at the sunset. But you get up in the morning, you see that sunrise. Or again, you're in the beach or the mountain, you see that, that beautiful sunset. And it testifies to God and his mighty power and his beauty. Um, the stars at night. If you get out away from the city, if you get out into the country where there's no lights and you just lay on your back. I remember as a young young kid going out in a field. Did you ever do this? And going out in a field in the country and just laying in the grass during the summertime and you just lay back in that grass and you just look straight up. 
and all the stars that cover the skies. And the Bible says this, that God placed every one of those stars in the heavens. He did that for you and for me. The stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> and God placed every single one of them in the sky for you and for me. Uh, I have never been. This is one on my bucket list. You may say, Brother Mark, how did you never go do this? The Grand Canyon. I have not made it to the Grand Canyon yet. How many of you have been to the Grand Canyon? I've not been there, but I hear it's, it's overwhelming. It's amazing to stand at the edge and just see all of that and understand that God did all of that. Um, I've never been to the Great Barrier Reef, but they tell me the Great Barrier Reef is just amazing and the, uh, the sea life that's out there and just how beautiful it is, crystal clear blue water. Uh, I have gotten to go to Niagara Falls. Anybody here ever been to Niagara Falls? Unbelievable. And how much water is going over that thing, and it never stops. I can't even wrap my brain around it. It's like somebody turned the faucet off, that thing, and it just the amount of water that's, uh, that's falling at Niagara Falls. But to, again, just see the beauty of God's creation. Our creator did that. Our mighty God did that. Nothing is too hard for God. Maybe this morning you come and you're struggling. Listen, we're all, if we're all transparent, we are all struggling, right? We are all struggling. These are hard times. And here we start 2022, and man, I'm excited. I'm ready to charge hell with a squirt gun this morning and ready to preach. And I say, Lord, bring them out, and my phone starts dinging at 6 a.m. Ain't going to be there. Ain't going to be there. I'm sick. I'm sorry. And it's easy to get discouraged, isn't it? In these days, in these times like this, it is easy to get discouraged. Because it's like we don't, ever, we don't know. We think we get past one thing and another thing shows up. But I'm here to tell you, God sometimes has to refine us in the fire. And I want to tell you, if you don't get anything else out of today, get this. Nothing, nothing, nothing is too hard for my God. None of this catches him by surprise. He has a plan. I don't get to question his plan. I don't get to question the method of his plan. He's in charge. I'm not. As Brother Mike used to say, I'm in sales. I'm not in management. And so it's up to him. It's up to him. And many times things have to get harder to teach us some things that we need to know. As we are in what I believe are the last days, God has to prepare us. God has to toughen us up a little bit, if you will. And if you read the Bible, again, I've said it many times, I've read the back of the book, we win, but guess what? Before we win, it gets worse before it gets better. And God has to toughen us up. You don't enter into a battle and not toughen up. When you go into the Army or the Navy or the Marines, the Air Force, they part of their job when you go in is to toughen you up. We must prepare ourselves for battle. We are battling an enemy. His name is Satan and the forces of hell. But guess what? My Bible says that the forces of hell shall not prevail against us because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. All right, Jeremiah 32, 17. It's another scripture. It says this, ah. Everybody say that with me, ah, ah. Ah is actually from a Latin word that means omni, all. Ah, and it could literally back then it could be like a groan. Ah, 
You know how when you stub your toe, ah. But this time it's a cry of joy. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Mm. All right. So the characteristics of God. I've already told you Latin, uh, ah, is the Latin word for omni, meaning all. So God is three things. First one, God is omniscient. What does omniscient mean? God knows everything. He is all-knowing. Let me make you understand this. God knows exactly what you're thinking right now. Uh-oh. Because some of you think about, what do I want to eat? What do I want to eat? If Brother Mark will ever shut his mouth, what do I want to eat? Some of you are wondering, did I, did I turn the stove off at home? We made breakfast this morning. Uh, a million thoughts. Most of us in America today were ADD. Let's admit it. Social media, television, it just keeps quicker and quicker and quicker. Uh, and we have trouble keeping our attention on anything that doesn't change every 8, 9, 10 seconds. So we're all ADD. And we need to understand that God is all-knowing. God knows everything. He knows your very thoughts. He knows not just your actions. We, 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 we're all pretty good at knowing that God sees everything we do, but guess what? God sees even deeper than what you do. He sees why you did what you did. He's like Superman. He's got that X-ray vision, and he sees not only what you do, but he sees right into the very heart of the matter and sees why you do what you do, your motives behind your actions, okay? All right, number two, God is omnipresent. means he is all present. He can be present here. He can be present down the road. Now, you've heard me say this many times. We got to get out of this church against church kind of thing. It's not us against them. It's all of us on the same team. And here's the amazing thing about the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God can be present right here. He can be present at Bethel down the road. He can be present down there at Rose Heights down the road. He can be present at Green Acres. He can be present at the Methodist Church. He can be present at all of the churches in Tyler. He is omnipresent. That's why Jesus, it's a pretty big statement when the Son of God says, hey, I got to go because there's one greater than me that's coming behind me. And he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. Why did the Son of God know that? Because the Holy Spirit was going to have this ability to be omnipresent, okay? And so he was omnipresent. He is all over the place. He's able to have his presence everywhere. He is here, down the street. He's even across the world. We have uh, missionaries that we uh, support in the Philippines, literally the other side of the world. And uh, they had church a few hours ago because they're ahead of us. And guess what? The same God that's present here is the same God that can be present there in the Philippines. The same God's present here can be with Brother Pablo and uh, his church in Mexico. He is omnipresent. Number three, God is omnipotent. Now, this is a big one. This means that he is all-powerful. God can do anything. As Jeremiah said, there is nothing, there is nothing. Everybody say nothing. There is nothing too hard for God, nothing. Do you think that God gets up in the morning and has anxiety over what's going on in the world? I don't think so. Number one, anxiety and fear and worry are not from God. They're from the enemy. But that's where we're living, isn't it? Many of us were living locked 
in anxiety and fear and worry. And I have to pray, and again, just being transparent, as we were praying in my office earlier, uh, I have to pray, Lord, increase my trust in you. Increase my faith in you. Because many times I get overcome with anxiety and worry and fear. Lord, what's going to happen? What's going to happen with everything in this world? Things going the way that it's going. And God says, I'm, I'm omnipotent. I am all powerful. Don't you worry about it. I've got it. There is a reason and a purpose. God is refining us through the fire. He's making us stronger to prepare us for something else. Did you know that every hard thing you've gone through in your life served a purpose? Do you realize that? Every difficult thing you've gone through in your life prepared you for something else. And most people's greatest ministry comes out of their greatest pain. You know, I talked about Celebrate Recovery. Uh, if you struggled throughout your life with alcohol or you struggled throughout your life with drugs or you struggled with food, now it's real easy for us all to get judgmental, isn't it? Thank you, God, I'm not an alcoholic or a, or a drug addict. Well, put that chicken leg down, dummy. It's just as big of an addiction. We all struggle. We all have addictions. My theory is all sins and addictions. So guess what? You're an addict. You're an addict. You're an addict. I'm an addict. You're an addict. We're all addicts. We've all got something we struggle with. Again, that's just full disclosure, being transparent before you. We all have a sickness. And we talked last week about he is the wonderful counselor. He will come and he will fix you. Did you know that the wonderful counselor can fix you? But you got to go to the wonderful counselor. You know, I told you last week, there is no shame in going. Most of us need to go to a counselor here on earth. Uh, we've got our wonderful counselor, but guess what? Sometimes you need a human being to sit across from you so that you can share things that are on your heart, an unbiased third party, if you will. And there is no shame in that. We all need mental health. Mental health is just as important as your physical health, all right? And so, but guess what? I discovered one thing with my counselor that I used to go to. If I didn't show up, it didn't help. If I, if I didn't go and actually see him, it did no good. So you have a wonderful counselor, but guess what? You have to go to him. You have to trust him. You have to share everything. Full disclosure, no lies. You're talking to God anyway. Doesn't do any good to lie. And so you must share with him everything because God even says, until you admit it, until you sit in front of me and you admit you have a problem, I cannot help you. And if God says that, then certainly no man or woman on earth is going to be able to help you. I must go to the counselor, and I must be honest with the counselor. I'm repeating last week's, but it's good. Amen. Um, all right, God is omnipotent. Sometimes it's hard to believe with all the suffering and the pain in the world, it makes us ask, where are you, God, and where is your power? Now, let me say this. There's a lot of death. There's a lot of sickness. There's a lot of pain. I'm not one of those preachers that's going to tell you, well, come to me. I have all the answers. I do not have all the answers. That would be very arrogant of me to say that. I do not have all the answers. I know the one who has all the answers, but guess what? Many times I'm not, he, not going to know the answers until the day I get to heaven. The Bible tells me that when I finally get to see him and I'm with him, then I will have the mind of Christ. But until then, I do not have the mind of Christ. 
And so I don't know the answers. I, there are many things I have. I, would, I don't know why some people have to die so young. I don't know why uh, some people have to struggle in such pain and sorrow throughout their life. I don't know why certain people have to go through certain things. Why are there these natural disasters where people just lose their life instantly? I don't have the answers for that. But again, there is a thing called faith, and it is an integral element for you and I. For without faith, we don't have anything. So you must have faith. I have to trust him that God, you didn't promise me all things would be easy. You didn't promise all things would be good in my life. You just promised that all things would work together for good. Many times that verse gets misquoted. He didn't say all things were going to be good. He said all things work together for good to those that love the Lord. Okay? All right. Uh, so we're going to talk about three things and the three spiritual truths, if you will, and then I'm going to let you go home. First spiritual truth is this, and I want you to get these. Please, again, write these down or take a picture on the screen because these are important and they're good. Scripture with each one. First one, Jesus' power is at work in, in you. The Lord wants to work through you. The Bible literally describes you and I as a vessel that the Holy Spirit of God can use. And so whether you think it or not, or whether you think God would even want to bother to use you, I've got news for you. Jesus' power is at work in you. And if you will allow him to, he can work through your life. You can be an encourager. One of the greatest things people can do is be an encourager. But you know what you have to do to be an encourager? You have to get your mind off of yourself. You have to quit talking about your problems all the time. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You ever been around people like that? It's all them, and it's all their problems, and you get to the end of the conversation, and you wonder, I don't guess they want to know anything about me. We are so self-absorbed. We are so self-contained. Most of us cannot help other people. We cannot be an encourager because we can't seem to get over our own problems. Can I tell you today, your problems are your problems, and I'm sorry that you have your problems, and I would love to sit and counsel you and listen to your problems. But guess what? Your problems are not the only problems. Everyone around you has problems. But you say, well, they're not as bad as my problems. I don't, that's, that's all relative. The thing about it is, once I get my mind off of myself, you know, you know what makes me feel better? This is what makes the preacher feel better. Is if I start listening to Jared's problems, and boy, that's a long list. <laughs> if I start listening to Jared's problems, and I begin to help him, and I'm saying, Lord, help me to help Jared. All of a sudden, my problems go to the back. And I'm not even thinking about my problems while I'm helping Jared with his problems. And then, man, when God is good and we have a breakthrough, and I say, and Jared says, you know what? Uh, I, think, I think we took care of that problem. It brings so much joy to my heart to say that I helped him. And guess what? I find that the more that I do that and I pour myself out, my problems don't seem near as bad. My problems go to the background. Amen? So we need to understand that. When you give up yourself, it frees you up. It takes your mind off of yourself. You know what anxiety is? Anxiety is you being so hung up and so locked up on your problems that you don't see a way out, and you don't see an answer, and you don't see any way that God's going to bring a resolution to it. That's literally where anxiety comes from. It comes from you being zoned in so much on your own problems. 
Now, Brother Mark, sounds like you know a little bit about that. I do, unfortunately, because we're all susceptible to it. I'll just tell you, 2021 was a rough year. And I told them in that office when we were praying, I, we went around, what are we praying for in 2022? I want my focus back because I got so caught up on my circumstances that I lost track of even being able to help other people because I was so anxiety-ridden over my own stuff. And that does not make my problems smaller. They're still problems. But it does mean, you know what, God, I'm going to lay these at your feet. Cast all your cares upon me, says the Lord. I will give you rest. For my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Amen. We need to understand that. All right. His powers at work. The scripture for this is uh, Philippians 2.13. It says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for your good pleasure. No, it doesn't say that, does it? For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. If I could burst anybody's bubble and you need this bubble burst in your life, let me look everybody in the eye. It is not about you. It is not about you. There's one unequivocal will of God for everybody in this room. It's that he may receive the glory, not you. And that means sometimes I got to suffer. Sometimes I got to go through hard times so that he might receive the glory, all right? You know, when I first became a Christian, I was 15 years old. And uh, at 15, I, I thought like a normal 15-year-old. It was all about me. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to uh, have the really good-looking girlfriend. There she is right back there. Amen. I wanted, I wanted everybody to like me. I wanted to be accepted. Big thing as a teenager. I got saved when I was 15 years old. So I didn't know a whole lot. And guess what? You don't have to know a whole lot to come to Jesus. All you have to do is recognize I'm a sinner. He died for me. I need him to forgive my sins. That's all you need to require for salvation. All right? But I thought when I got saved, I walked down that aisle and I got saved. And uh, you know how after you get saved, man, it just felt like the weight of the world had lifted. It felt like I was clean, like somebody had just washed me with Ajax. And I was clean, man. My heart was clean. My life was clean. And I got up thinking, whoo, this feels good. And this is the way it's going to be. I actually thought in my mind that, all right, I gave my life to you, Lord. That's what you've been shooting for the whole time. And so make my life easy. Take all my problems away. Take all my problems away. I don't want to have any more issues. I don't want to struggle with these temptations that I've been struggling with. Lord, just take it all away. And guess what? You know, it did not work that way, did it? I still struggled. And, and quite honestly, I struggled even more because now the devil had already had me, so he didn't have to chase me. But now that he did not have me, he had to chase me. And so the temptations became even stronger and more frequent. And I had to lean into the Lord. And that's a lesson I've been learning ever since 15 years old, all right, that it is not easy. God's power was not to make my life easy. And let me say it to you, God's power is not to make your life easy. It is so that he might receive the glory, all right? The scripture says that he, God's power was to work in me, to change me into his image, all right? Number two. 
Jesus' power is at work for you. Now, he's not to make everything easy, but guess what? He is for you. God is for you, not against you. Some of you may be in this room thinking, God don't like me, and God is not for me. He's against me. It seems like nothing goes my way, and I don't know if I even believe in God because nothing good happens to me. Maybe that's you today, and I'm here to tell you today, let me, if nobody else has told you, God is for you. He is not against you. All right, scripture on this one is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 29 through 31, and I love these verses. If you've never uh, written these verses down or underlined them, do it. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Woo! Come on. Man, I need that. I need to hear that every day. But look at verse 31 there. But those who what? Wait. Oh, God, I hate that word. Do you hate that word as much as I hate that word? I don't want to wait, Lord, but sometimes, nine times out of ten, 95% of the time, that's God's instruction. Wait, you're going too fast, you want to know the big plan, big picture, and I can't give you the big picture. All I can give you is the next step, little picture. Wait, 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 all right? Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Listen, everybody gets weary. Everybody runs sometimes gets weary. But the Lord says, I can recharge your batteries. I can do it. But guess what? Again, you got to come to me. I'm not going to beg you. I'm a king, not a beggar. And so here I am. You need to come to me. All right. You've got problems. You're weary. You're worn out. The good news is that God gives strength and power to the weary. Sometimes God works best in our weakness and our stress. Go to 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. The Apostle Paul said this. You remember the Apostle Paul had a, uh, uh, a thorn in his flesh, he called it, some kind of sin or some kind of uh, uh, ailment. They never say exactly what it is, but he talks about it. I believe he didn't specify, so you and I could fill in the blank with whatever we're struggling with in our life. And he said this, and here's what he said, Lord, take it away, take it away, take it away. He said three times, Lord, please take it away. And then here's what he says. And he said to me, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Wow. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I have found that where I'm the weakest, here's a perfect example of what I'm standing here doing right now. When I try to preach in my power, it's just not. There's a thing called the anointing. Anybody here know what the anointing is? When the power of God is on your life, when the spirit of God is on your life. When I'm up here trying to preach out of my power and my strength, the anointing leaves me because the anointing is associated with God. And so when I try to do it in my own power, then the anointing leaves me. But when I say, Lord, I'm weak. I don't know what I'm going to say this morning. I don't know anything. I'm stupid. 
Lord, I am just a lowly servant who knows nothing, who has nothing good in him except you. So, Lord, get me out of the way. Then all of a sudden, in my weakness, he shows up, he fills me, and the anointing is back on. Amen. Less of me, more of him. But I have to get me out of the way. Your greatest ministry will come out of your greatest weakness. I've told you a story of a friend of mine who spent time in prison. He made a lot of mistakes. At one time, he'd been in ministry, and then he made some mistakes, and he actually had to spend time in prison for it. And he comes out, and he says, Mark, I'm so discouraged. I think I want to take my own life because he said, I don't think God can use me anymore. And he said, no church will even look at me or touch me because uh, I've got this record, and so I can't do anything for God anymore. And I said, uh, I just said, well, where did you, where'd you just come from? Prison. I said, well, what about going right back to prison and ministering to those guys and saying, hey, I've been where you've been. I've made the mistakes you've made. And now he goes and he preaches in the prison system four or five times every month. And guys get saved and guys come out of prison knowing the Lord Jesus Christ is their Savior. Your greatest failures, your greatest weaknesses will be your greatest ministry. That is not easy. Because most of us want to run away from our mistakes. We want to hide them. We don't want people to know. And so we try to push them under the carpet. But God says, that's exactly the thing I want to use in your life. Because guess what? Nobody can help an alcoholic like another alcoholic. Nobody can help another drug addict like another drug addict. Okay? And whatever, you just fill in the blank with your addiction. All right? So we need to understand that. Uh, and then the third thing, last thing is this. Jesus' power is at work through you. Julie, you can go ahead and come. Scripture on this is Acts 1.8. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, this was right before the day of Pentecost. Remember, Peter was fixing to get up and preach, and Peter was just an old stinky fisherman, stunk like fish. And he's going to get up and he's going to preach to thousands of people on the day of Pentecost. And this is what... This is the prediction before it happens. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This was the prediction of what God was going to do, the Holy Spirit was going to do. And Peter stands up and he preaches and they, they describe it as it's like Peter's not even, it's not even him. And that's exactly right. It's the Holy Spirit speaking through Peter and 3,000 people get saved that day. That's what God can do if you'll get yourself out of the way. And then the other scripture is 2 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5. Um, and this is, a, again, the Apostle Paul. says that, For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote to you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. Verse 5, But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent not to be too severe. Paul says we love each other. We need to encourage one another. We need to encourage one another to use those gifts. At the beginning of this message, I told you, you are not called to sit. You're called to serve. And so everybody in this room, find your purpose. Find your purpose and get after it. Time is short. Life is short. You don't get a guarantee of how long your life is. And so you need to be about your purpose. I need to be about my purpose. Um, I'm going to tell you a personal story. Uh, I told you last week that I went and traveled with a group for a year, and uh, the story was about ending up me and Julie getting married. But I left for a year right in the middle of our courtship. 
because I felt like the, that's what the Lord was calling me to do. And the Lord used it because I was, I told you all, hard to believe, I was very shy. Uh, but uh, I, I would be glad to sing in front of you, but I did not want to stand up in front of you and talk. And so the Lord puts me in this group, and I think I'm just going to sing. And then about two or three months into it, the main guy gets sick, and he says, Mark, you're going to do all the talking, and you're going to give the gospel every night, and you're going to give the invitation every night. And so there for several months, uh, I became the guy. Well, uh, we traveled all over the United States and Canada, and then uh, every year they would go on a two-week mission trip to uh, either Europe or some country in Europe. And the year I was in it, we went to the Bahamas. Now, you may think, well, that's really suffering for Jesus. Uh, but we went to the real Bahamas. We didn't go to the uh, where the cruise ships docked. We went and we actually lived with the Bahamians in Nassau. And one of the cool things was their government uh, seemed to have it a little bit better together. Now, this was back in the 80s. I don't know how it is now. But back in the 80s, the main guy that ran uh, the Bahamas was a Christian, uh, evangelical Christian, saved guy, loved the Lord. And so guess what? Uh, this is a singing group, did contemporary music. And so they came and they said, guess what, guys? Uh, we've gotten permission for you to go and to sing and to give the gospel at every single public school in the Bahamas. And so that's what we did for two weeks. We literally, we would sing at a public school during the day, and then we would go sing at a church at night and give the gospel. And they, they did not put any restrictions. They said, you go into the public schools, you give a full-on altar call, and we'll let you do whatever you want to do. Give the gospel. And guess who was ta doing the talking and giving the gospel every night? And that scared me to death because most of these schools, they'd have usually one public school for the entire island. So we might be standing in front of, you know, 500 to 1,000 kids in every school. And I, I got very nervous. I said, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. But guess what? I got out of the way, and I let God, and literally in every one of those public schools, hundreds of kids coming to the altar, hundreds of kids getting saved in a public school. What would happen if America got back to that? Amen? It's amazing. It was amazing. But I, this moral of that story is I had to get out of the way. God has called, and he wants to work through you. God has called each of you to be a minister. Now, that kind of freaked me out. I never wanted to be a preacher. And when people still come to me today and they say, Pastor Mark, Reverend Mark, I just look behind me. Who are they talking to? Because it kind of freaked me out. You know, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm just Mark. I'd rather you really just call me Mark. That's why I tell most of you, just Brother Mark's fine. You don't have to be formal or anything. But can I tell you today, what if you put pastor in front of your name? Because the reality of what the Bible says is every one of you has been called to be a minister. Pastor Jared. Ooh, that's a scary thought. <laughs> Pastor Terry, Pastor Tracy, amen. Literally, that's what God has called all of us to minister. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes. I want you to hit 2022 this year with purpose, focus, God using you, God using me. Maybe we don't ask this a lot at altar calls. Maybe you need to surrender to the ministry. That's where this journey started for me. I got saved when I was 15, and when I was the, between uh, the summer of between 17 and 18 years old, God called me into ministry. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what that meant. I just felt like God was calling me to it. Maybe God is calling you 
to do ministry. That don't necessarily mean get a paycheck. That just means, Lord, I'm going to do what you call me to do. I'm going to minister to people. But maybe you're here this morning and you say, Brother Mark, I, I need to get some things right with the Lord. I'm far away from him. Or maybe you've never given your life to him. He is waiting with arms wide open. If you would, just if that's you today, just pray this prayer with me. Just say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And right now, Lord, I give my heart and my life to you. Come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and save me. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time or as a prayer of recommitment, I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Just lift up a hand so I can pray for you. Amen. We're going to sing an altar call. It's just something we do here. You can come to this altar. You can get on your knees. You can pray to the Lord. If you need someone to pray over you, Brother Martin will be over here on this side. I'll be on this side. We would love to pray over you. Maybe you need to join the church today. Maybe you need to surrender to the ministry. I don't know what you need to do, but we're going to give God time to do what he needs to do. Holy Spirit, would you have your will and your way in our lives today? In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. The altar's open. If you need prayer, you come. Julie's going to lead us in a song. Sing that chorus.
were called to serve, not sit. So I'll be expecting when we uh, say amen here in just a moment, there'll be a rush towards me to say exactly what you want to do in the church or to Miss Kate, amen, about cleaning. Uh, so, no, seriously, though, I hope that you're inspired. What greater time to start than the first Sunday of the year and just say, Lord, uh, I don't need to sit on the sideline. I need to do something. And if you don't even know what it is, we'll, we'll discover it together. Uh, we just, all it really takes is a willing heart and a willing spirit, all right? So, uh, man, I hope you have a great rest of your day. I hope you enjoy this cold weather, but it's not too cold. And uh, I want to get a sign, and I want to put it right above that door because I think this is true. Uh, and I saw, another, I saw this at another church, and I have always wanted to do it. I'm going to get a sign made. Hangs over the door as you go out that says, you are now entering your mission field because you are now entering when you leave these doors it's this is not a measure of what we're doing here what happens in here it's what happens when you go out those doors amen god bless you i hope you have a great rest of your day